Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today we're joined by Steve Harris, CEO of the Steve Harris Company. How's it going today, Steve? Doing great, Jared. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you. Excited to have you ahead of, at least at the time of the recording, ahead of uh, our upcoming Kajabi Hero live event happening in Austin, Texas. I'm not sure exactly when this will air. So it'll either maybe people will be listening to this after the event, which is equally cool. Um, but I'm excited to personally at least get the the first taste of some of what is to come, I'm sure, at uh, here yeah. live. So why don't you just in normal Kajabi Edge podcast format, give us your 15 second dish elevator pitch uh, on who you are and what you do. Well, um, first off, thanks for having me. Really, really stoked to be here. My name is Steve Harris. Uh, I'm a business strategist. And basically what I do is I help, you know, my clients create irresistible offers so that they can become oversubscribed. Well, that sounds like something that just about every one of our listeners should be interested in. Um, I myself would love to have an irresistible off- uh, offer and to be fully booked up. So um, maybe you can just tell us uh, tell us a little bit of the backstory, how you got into this space. Were you always, uh, I, don't, I don't even know if you consider yourself an entrepreneur. I suppose I should ask you that first. What do you call yourself? Well, I, I mean, I, I'd say I'm, uh, I'm an accidental entrepreneur, but I'm glad to be on the journey. <laughs> I love it. So as an accidental entrepreneur, tell us uh, uh, this backstory on how you moved into this world. Sure. Um, so the the, long, the the summarized version of this is about 17 years ago, I started my journey into management consulting, and I've been doing that for a while. I've really loved it. About 11 years ago, I got into coaching, and I did because beyond just being a management consultant, um, I'm also a pretty awesome motivational speaker, if I do say so myself. And the challenge I felt with motivation was I felt like we, you know, I wasn't seeing sustained change. You know, I was curious why people were inspired. They were motivated, they were excited, but they weren't getting results. And I was curious, and this is like 10, 11 years ago. So I was curious about how to create sustained change in people. And that took me on a journey towards coaching. And so my coaching career began um, in Africa, to actually say the least. So I've lived in Nigeria and shout out to my Nigerian family. I've lived in Nigeria for most of my life um, and recently moved to the U.S. about 16 months ago. So 
this is a, this is also a new journey for me. Uh, but you know, so, you know, that took me on, on a journey where coaching was concerned about creating sustained change. And, you know, I started looking for ways to reach the world. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if you've ever been to Africa or Nigeria. Chara, Unfortunately not. Should, I want to though. You should. You should. You should. I mean, I'd, I'd highly recommend our jello fries. It's really like world changing. So I know we talked about you liking barbecue, but you'll really love our rice as well. Okay. But yeah, so, you know, that just took me on a journey to, you know, trying to figure out how to create sustained change. And I started looking for tools to help me reach the world. And Kajabi just happened to be one of them. So pretty exciting. Amazing. Amazing. So it sounds like most of your life, you, you've, at least most of your career, you've been in this space of, of helping others be successful, whether through management consulting, coaching, uh, now today, public speaking a little bit. Uh, can you can you take us? I just want to know out the gate, because that sounds like a very, very inspiring path for any of us to take. Like, what is step one? Like, where do you start to move down the path of coaching, consulting? Uh, take us to the beginning. Um, I, I'd say that first, I'd say that step one is find who you want to help, find who you want to serve. Um, I, I, I recognize that those of us who are knowledge entrepreneurs, we wear our heart in our sleeves. Many of us who are listening to the podcast, we're not doing this for the money. We're doing this because we want to make a difference. And, you know, just like you, Jared, um, that, that was my journey. I wanted to help people. And in helping people, I started, you know, discovering my voice, which would be step two, you know, find what you're passionate about. And I know that passion is a cliche and people have flogged it over and over again, but that is really important, especially in the early days of your journey where, you know, you're, you know, you know, your ducks aren't in a row. You don't have everything aligned. I do think that finding your passion just gives you momentum to keep on going. Even when it seems like you've put out your offers, you put out your content and people aren't exactly responding. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you a real example. Um, so about uh, maybe about 10 years ago, I hosted my very first webinar. You know, I was very excited, you know, about webinars. And again, like I said, I was living in Nigeria, I was living in Africa, and there wasn't so much tech, so to speak, um, that we could use to reach the world. And I was very curious. So long story short, I discovered a webinar platform and I was going to host my very first webinar. So I, you know, I got a lot of people to, you know, Hey, listen, you know, this was, you know, there was no Instagram, Twitter wasn't there. I think Facebook had just pretty much popped out. So I was promoting and, you know, trying to get people to participate in this webinar. And I'll never forget that I, I literally priced it at $10, Jared. And I was hoping because it was 10 bucks, it was so cheap. I figured that, you know, I'd have a crowd of people barraging, trying to, you know, knock down my door. And literally 12 hours to the webinar, Jared, I had nobody signed up. Six hours, not a soul. One hour, not a soul. And I was so disappointed. I was so frustrated. Like, I can't even sell my own webinar. It's just 10 bucks. No one was interested. And, you know, I, I remember telling my wife then because she saw me that I was depressed. And, you know, I said to her, listen, if I get one person who signs up for this webinar, I'm going to go through with it. And, you know, I went back into my, you know, little cubicle someplace in, you know, in my home, just where I sat to soundproof my, my podcast and my webinar. And before you know it, I got a quick, you know, transaction alert for 10 bucks. So I was so excited. I went to her, I was like, yo, babe, guess what? Someone is paid. Someone is paid. And I look at the, the payment advice on the credit and I saw it was from my wife. And my wife literally paid for the first seven, you know, she was literally my first student. And she said to me, I thought you said 
that if one person signs up, you'll go through with it. She says, I'm your one person, so go through with it. And so I had to host this webinar with just my wife in the comment section. So I'm like, hey, everyone, welcome to the webinar. I hope you're having fun. And my wife is dropping in the comments. Woohoo! Yay, let's go. <laughs> Shout out to my wife. She's in the background. She's listening to me. Right. But that was my journey, right? Recognizing that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done, you know, and hey, a couple of years later, look at us, you know, we've, 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 we haven't done too shabby, you know, and here we are going to be speaking at a, a, a hero live. So that's pretty exciting. Well, amazing. Uh, I don't know if your wife can hear me, but I'm giving her a shout out too. <laughs> um, I, I love it. What what an incredible, uh, I guess, just statement of support. But not only that, like probably the thing that she, I'm sure you've shared this with her. She might not have known, but like how nervous that probably made you. <laughs> like I can imagine like I, uh, I'm glad my wife is not sitting here live while I'm even recording this podcast. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, take us through, um, uh, you know, I love, I love how we started there. Uh, take us through like the steps or just even the journey of what it took to actually go from your wife as your only audience member to when you started to get some traction and how did you find that audience to ultimately start showing up? Right. Great question, by the way. So, you know, just like I said, I, um, I've been a management consultant for going on 18 years and while it was pretty exciting turning, you know, turning around organizations and stuff, um, I started feeling like there were entrepreneurs who needed my help, but I didn't know how to help them. I felt like there were a lot of people who didn't just know how to put two and two together. So even though I had all this corporate strategy um, wisdom, so to speak, I just felt like a lot of people needed my help. Unfortunately, most of them could not afford it. So I started, you know, creating like, like I said, webinars and just stuff, you know, low ticket and, and in most cases, no ticket uh, webinars and programs just to educate and advise and give people hope um, as the case may be. And, and as I kept doing that slowly, but surely I started having a following. People started listening to me. People started relating to my story of, you know, struggle because a lot of Nigerians, a lot of people also, also shared that story of struggle. And I was telling them that, listen, I'm not saying that I've succeeded. I'm saying that I'm on my journey and, you know, I'm not there yet, but Hey, if we, if we ride together, perhaps we can get to this destination faster. I started by being my very authentic self, and I found that a lot of people can relate to that. And in sharing my content and sharing my advice, I started hosting little, little, you know, events here and there, you know, took it offline, you know, took it off from online to offline, hosting a few events here and there, and just, you know, meeting people, hearing their concerns. And like I said, I've also got this, you know, motivational, inspirational gift. But as I kept doing that, I started asking the question, how do I create sustain change? How do I make sure that people do get results? Because I'm very results focused. I'm very driven. Um, most of my clients actually call me, you know, Mr. Ruthless Execution because like, you know, Steve is going to kill you. You get, you got to get it done or else you're going to die. That's how, that's how I am. I'm just like, <laughs> you just got to get the work done. So, so because I'm very results focused, I started thinking about ways of sustain change. And, you know, I started doing, you know, from having big events where I'd have 300, 400, 500, a thousand people in a hall who were were excited but not empowered, I, I cut back. So I scaled it down. I started doing masterclasses where I'd have maybe 30, 40 people and I could watch their change and mentor them over a period of time. And that began to explode and expand where today I've had over two, 3,000 people that I've been privileged to serve through some of those programs that I've put together. 
So for me, I, I really do think it's about finding your authentic self, finding the right tools that can help you reach the people you want to serve, recognizing that it's not going to be perfect, but it just it just has to be done. And finding people who, you know, I always like to say this, finding people whose floors are higher than your ceilings. You know what I mean? I do think that a lot of us um, in the expert space are incredibly passionate and want to learn. And of course, people who subscribe to this podcast as well. One of the most important things is recognizing that there are people whose floors are way higher than your ceilings and you can learn from them, but you don't have to copy them. You just have to be your authentic self while also recognizing what works and mixing that into a beautiful potpourri of who you are. So yeah, that's that's pretty much what I think though. I think you made a, a great point there and that's just, just honing on the last portion. You don't have to copy. And I, I right. would even go as far as to say in most cases, it's better not to copy. Right. And so I'm interested, you talk about finding and being your authentic self, like how does that, how did that translate into something that someone is willing to pay you money for? Right. Oh, well, that was hard. (laughs) That was really hard. Uh, It was really, really hard because again, um, again, I'll use my Nigerian and African context simply because, you know, to most people, they're thinking, why do I need to pay for coaching? right? Why do I need to pay for a webinar? There's YouTube, you know what I mean? Um, over time, I've been able to explain to people that, you know, YouTube is fantastic. It, it gives you information, but coaching gives you transformation. It's not exactly the same thing, right? But it was pretty hard initially to convince people to pay. So what I started doing was I had a little beta test of people that I, um, who I wanted to show that, you know, I could deliver results for them. So I didn't charge them. So I, what I would say to them is like, look, give me a shot. Look, Look, I don't even need you to give me a shot. I'm going to take you by the hand. I'm going to do these things that I've done. And I'm going to do the same for you. And all I'm going to ask you for is a testimonial. You're going to give me a written you know, video testimonial just to prove this concept. And if it really resonates with you, please feel free to you know, tell other people. And that's what I started doing. I started helping people in my circle to also have results and in, you know, trying it with different strangers. And they started having results. And I started getting really, really excited because I felt like, how can people don't know this? You know, what you think is common knowledge to you is uncommon wisdom to somebody else. And they pay for that. So I recognize that at the end of the day, um, people don't really pay, quote unquote, for information. What they do pay for is transformation. And the moment they started seeing that I was, by the grace of God, transforming other people's lives and their businesses and even their relationships, you know, I started developing a tribe of people who were like, look, Steve, you know, I need your help. I saw what you did for this person. Can you come do it for me too? And that, you know, that validated my offer. I want to say this before you go to the next question. I think sometimes a lot of coaches gets, you know, we get caught up in that imposter syndrome. So we, we seek a lot of, let me use the term education to give us validation. And what I mean by that is because we feel like we're not good enough. So we say, oh, let me go subscribe to this course. Let me join this mastermind. Let me do this. Let me do that. So we're gathering a heck of a lot of information because we're afraid, you know, we procrastinate because we're afraid that, you know, if we launch out into the deep, we're not going to be good enough. We're going to be rejected. So we, we spend a lot of time, you know, acquiring education simply because we're looking for validation. And I'm a big believer. And like I said to you previously, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. All you 
need is one person. If you get one person who buys, then your idea is valuable. Then it can be scalable. And that's what I think we all need, just one person. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you touched on that because that is undoubtedly... I, I can just speak for myself, you know, I, I've, I've looked into like, what are, what are, what are the credentials that I need to, you know, <laughs> to potentially help someone? And the reality of it is, is probably for most of us, uh, we have what is needed, even if nothing else, just looking at where we were at maybe a year ago, like chances are we've solved a lot of problems, encountered a lot of challenges and overcame those challenges that would be very useful to someone else. Um, what I'm interested in next, uh, is how did you, or did you even struggle with this? How did you ultimately find your niche niche? I don't want to get into debate over how we say it, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about here. Um, it's one of those things within, you know, coaching to where I can see someone like at least me, I could get in a little bit of a spiral of analysis paralysis. What do I focus right. on? Yeah, um, I'm going to go a little bit left field because, you know, um, I do have a bit of a counter um, argument to this. And what I normally th- tell people is follow the money, <laughs> follow the money, because the, the truth is, if you're going to think about sometimes what happens is as coaches, as thought leaders, we're very passionate, like I said before, and we're thinking about something that we want to use to serve our audiences. And unfortunately, sometimes we spend a lot of time creating an offer or a product that the market doesn't want. It's, it's either that you're too early or it's too late or there's, there's so much competition. Um, so it's, it can be hard where you are trying to monetize your message, where you're putting out content that doesn't really resonate with people. So one of the things that I started doing, because I've been there before, one of the things that I started doing was I just asked a very simple question. Where's the money? What are people purchasing? What are people interested in? And I, once I followed that, I recognized that, okay, um, if they're interested in business or they're interested in health or coaching or relationships, yada, 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 which of my skill sets can I use to serve this market that's already paying for this product, but how can I do it in, in a very different way that is authentically me? You know what I mean? So I'll give you an example. You know, a lot of coaches are very... Um, questioning. So, you know, we, we tend to, well, you know, what's going on, what's happening. You know, we're, we're very curious. Um, I'm not like that naturally, which is why I said, you've got to be your authentic self. So I'm not a, I'm not a pull coach. I'm a push coach. I'm like, look, I don't have time for none of this. What's the problem? Do this, do this, do this, do this, go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And get the results because I'm not trying to be your therapist. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you. I'm trying to help you get results. So I realized that for me, my flavor of being a little bit of a, allow me to use the word, um, anti-hero works very well for me in the, in the space that I've created because <clears throat> You know, sometimes, you know, of course, we're very inspirational and motivational. And you you sometimes want to tell your clients, yes, you can, you know, like Obama. Yes, you can. I'm the guy who tells you, no, you can. I don't think you can. No. Mm -mm." You know, and and it was quite (laughs) some people. They're like, oh, my goodness. Why are you telling me this? But I'm like, because you can't. I'm not going to, you know, put your foot around the issue. This is what you need to do. And I, I realized that people started finding that refreshing that I could be honest and true to them. I wasn't trying to make a buck. I was trying to see how I could 
jolt them to get the kind of results that they wanted. And they appreciate that feedback. So for me, again, it's about, you know, drilling down, you know, first off looking and saying, okay, you've got this message you want to serve the world with. But if, for example, you're interested in coaching people about World War One and World War II stamp history, and you create all that content and realize too late that there's no one interested in World War II paraphernalia, then you've wasted time, so to speak. But if you sat back and said, okay, let's let's think about it from a business perspective, because I'm an entrepreneur, what are people paying for? And then how can I create my unique difference? How do I bring my authenticity to that stage to elevate the conversation a little bit more? So for me, that's that's the way I, I tend to approach it. And it's pretty it's worked pretty much for me so far. <laughs> I absolutely love the example. World War II stamp history. I've heard some fun ones, but <laughs> uh, I'm just telling you. So, yeah. 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 No, undoubtedly Bill. Uh, building an audience or rather finding a market product market fit um yes. is so critical um and it's something that we talk about very frequently i think yeah for anyone who does tune in to kajabi hero live either live in person or online i'm sure we're going to hear more about this this concept of of selling your product before that product exists. Um, uh, so I guess that makes a really a, a great segue into what have some of your strategies been in terms of really finding the market? Have you participated in the sell my product before it exists uh, philosophy or do you have your own strategies that you use? Well, to be honest, yes. Um, I actually, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in launch before you're ready. I'm a big believer in launching before you're ready. I believe in asking to some degree, I believe in asking, you know, customers or clients or people, to be honest, you know, what are you looking for? What are you interested in? But I'm also a big believer in the school of thought that, you know, Henry Ford, you know, said that if, you know, if you asked other people back in the 1800s, uh, how do you want to get, get by with your transportation? They probably asked for, you know, a faster horse, but you've got to find a way to create something that maybe your market doesn't even see. So yes, I'm a big believer in the you know launch before you're ready. I'm a big believer in finding really what bumps people out. Because I think, to be honest, people will pay for what frustrates them terribly and what inspires them awesomely. So it's in one of those two areas. It's in your area of frustration or it's in the area of your passion. But I, I kind of figure that most people pay for their frustration. So for me, it's, it's, it's in helping them um, recognize that I can help them with it. And if I can't, I'm always the first person to tell them, look, I can't help you go meet this other person. They're more amazing than I am. And yeah, that's what it is. I love it. I love it. So uh, on this journey, I, I'm interested, I guess, did you start, maybe actually, are you still strictly coaching only? Do you have additional digital products that you're enhancing? Um, can you share a little bit more about your, your full package, I guess? Well, I mean, I, I do a lot of things. I mean, coaching is, is right now is my first love. And to be honest, I'm interested in helping entrepreneurs but there's also this part of me that's really helped, you know, interested in, you know, the dating market. You know, I, I believe there are a lot of amazing women who um, are unfortunately single or looking for their, you know, their mate. And I'm very passionate about helping them. So I, I, I've got online courses. I've got podcasts. I've got a podcast called The Ugly Truth About Business, you know. So, yeah, it's not always bells and whistles. But, yeah, so ebooks, coaching programs. Um, yeah, whatever I can use to serve people is very important to me. Uh, take us through the 
the journey of uh, I guess how that all came to fruition. And I know there's a lot there, um, but like we started with coaching. Um, you mentioned courses, yeah. podcasts. Uh, uh, what were yeah. some of the key indicators and the drivers to branch out and do more than just the coaching? Right. So I'll give you an example. So back home in Nigeria, um, I built a very successful brand as a coach as a thought leader, um, but it wasn't always so. Um, so give a little bit of backstory. I dropped out of school, uh, high school, or I was scratch that I dropped out of college twice. Um, and in my culture, education is incredibly important. If you meet a Nigerian, we are big on, on education, doctors, lawyers, so that kind of thing. So when you drop out of school, your parents can literally, I mean, I mean of course I exaggerate, they can kill you. You know what I mean? But you become a huge disappointment. So dropping out of school, not once, but twice puts you in a class all by yourself. And, you know, I couldn't get jobs. I couldn't get opportunities. Nobody wanted to take a chance on me. It's not like here in the U.S. where your talents first off or, your, you know, your work ethic shows. Education is the first, second thing in Nigerian and most African culture. Now, I didn't have a college degree, so that put me um, at a disadvantage. But eventually, I got an opportunity to volunteer at an organization where eventually I, I began to work and grew to become like the COO all in about five years. And in that journey, I thought, you know what? Somebody just asked me, one of my colleagues at work then said, you know what? You should really write about, tell people about your story because it was it's inspirational. So I would get opportunities to speak at, you know, conferences and I would tell them how I dropped out of school. And, you know, um, my spiel at the time was from college dropouts to corporate sellouts. And I noticed that every time I talked about that story, it inspired so many young people who were struggling with college or couldn't get in or having problems or felt that they had failed their parents and their families. And that resonated with so many people that I thought about it. And, you know, it's just like Martin Luther King said, um, you know, faith is just taking the next step without seeing the entire staircase. So I didn't see the progression of where I am today. All I saw was, okay, I'm on stage and I'm telling people about my story. And before you know it, the, the next step, which was now demanded by the people was, do you have a book? Because I've been, I've listened to you, I'm inspired, but my brother or my sister needs to hear this. So, so do you have a book? And I didn't have a book. And so I wrote a book called From College Dropouts, a corporate sellout. We sold like 10,000 copies, which was insane. And before you know it, people started inviting me and they're like, oh, do you have anywhere we can listen to you? And I thought about it. I don't know, but I see all these American people, pick up podcasts. Maybe I can record a podcast. I, it wasn't fancy like yours. I just pick up a phone and just record and just put it out there. And I noticed that people were hungry for the information. And from the podcast, we're like, oh my God, you know, I have a problem. You know, do you do, can I talk to you? And before you know it, I started doing coaching and then became consulting and so on and so forth. So my point really is, You've just got to take that first step without worrying about the entire where you're going to end up. You know, you know, Stephen Covey says, you know, start with the end in mind. But many of our listeners don't see the end. We all want to be, I, I don't know about most people, we want to be like Tony Robbins, Brendan Burchard, and all those guys were really amazing. Um, but for many of us, we can't see how we can bridge the gap between where we are and where we want to be. So the honest truth is take the first step. And as you're taking that first step and you're being consistent, your audience will start demanding. They will tell you what the next key is. They'll tell you what the next step is. They're, they're going to demand to hear more and more about you. And before you know, you're going to have products here and there and it begins to proliferate. I was doing business coaching and I'm really excited about that. And, you know, one 
I, one day I was having a conversation with a lady and she was telling me that, oh, um, there was this guy she was interested in, had interested in, and he, he didn't see her in the same way. He pretty much friend zoned her. And he said to me, she said to me, hey, Steve, can you, you know, can you give me some advice to get his attention? And so, you know, I, I gave her a few things and very arrogantly said to her, oh, it's going to work in about two weeks. You know, when it does, let me know, you know, and then she calls me back like, oh my God, Steve, he's eating out of my hands. And she said, you should write a book. I'm like, hmm, interesting. And then I thought about it and I wrote a book called From Friend to Fiance, How to Get Him to Want You Without Letting Him Know You Want Him to Want You. So what am I saying, Jared? I'm saying that um, we don't always see the final destination, but if we take it one step at a time, we're going to get there and don't quit on the journey. Yeah, I would actually go as far as to say, I don't know. I don't know if anyone ever sees the final destination. And I think those who claim they did are probably <laughs> telling at least a slight fib. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I guess that's the, a good time to segue into, I always am interested, like where Kajabi comes into the equation in your business. For all intents and purposes, there are many different ways you can approach building a coaching business, many different ways you can approach, uh, you know, all of the different elements elements from your podcast to everything else. And so how did you encounter it and how did you incorporate it into your business? Great question. So, you know, like I said, back home in Nigeria, we didn't, you know, this is like for me, maybe 10 or so odd years ago. Um, we didn't really have all the tech. We weren't, you know, we not all the tech was available, so to speak. And I'm a big believer in reverse engineering and I'm, I'm a big believer in understanding systems. So even though I had this vision in my heart that one day people all over the world will hear Steve Harris and, you know, I, I would say something to my friends. I say that if, if Africans can buy from Americans, then Americans can buy from Africans. But I didn't have a platform. There was nothing to use, nothing to do. And I think I remember, you know, I, Tony Robbins, of course, legendary. I'd watch him be very inspired. And then I think a friend of mine, if I remember correctly, sent me a video that Brendan Burchard had done. I can't remember what it was exactly. And I was, I was like, who's this guy? He's really cool, really simple, really cool. And then I got into his email list. And I think I remember um, he was posting content out there. And I kept asking myself, what platform is he using? What platform is he using? You know, because it just, it just seemed so great. Like, and you know, you know, I was always back, maybe back then I, I had a burner account. So I was always typing in the comments, sorry, excuse me, please. What platform is this that you guys are using? <laughs> because I wanted to know. And just by being in that ecosystem, eventually, I think I, I, you know, I, I saw that he, you know, posted some content and I saw Kajabi at the, at the bottom, you know, somewhere. And I clicked on that and I found the website. And I think that was the time where Kajabi was launching. I think if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. I think before it was Kajabi, there was like maybe a megaphone type app. So can't remember. So I, I, so I remember that iteration. So I followed that journey to where it became Kajabi next, I think it was. And where they, um, Kajabi was now doing a round for uh, the founders round. And I, I, I missed it. I can't remember for whatever reason, got it to my spell. I just missed it. I was like, no way. Then I think they now did a second round where, you know, I think, you know, I, I still got on the founders round, but not the lifetime membership, but I think at a reduced price. And it was so seamless. It was so amazing that everything seemed to work. And I think one of the things that I, I loved about Kajabi and still do is the fact that they're constantly listening to the customers and 
trying to upgrade, you know, where you're saying, oh, this is great, but I wish it could do this. And before you know, it's like Kajabi is like the, the genie and just all oh, your wishes, my command and boom, you know, there it is. So I've, I've used Kajabi since the founders round. It's been incredible, you know. Um, people have tried to sell me, you know, their, you know, platforms. I'm like, well, yeah, I know they're great, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of great with this. This, this works, you know, don't break it. This works and it's constantly evolving. So yeah, that's how Kajal became, uh, became a part of my journey. Started using it for my email list and my online courses and my coaching programs and my eBooks, you know, digital content and so on and so forth. I haven't started using it for community or podcasts, but for me, it's like, it works, you know, so, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to use anything else. So for me, it's been perfect. It's been a perfect fit. I love it. Love to hear that. Uh, take us through. And if, if you, if you have, uh, I, I don't, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I would love to know any of your just like proprietary, proprietary, like coaching methodologies, any like kind of like focus or tips that you have that like we can kind of get a, just a summary um, here. Right. Well, I mean, one of my, one of my favorite um, coaching programs is uh, called mastering the business of your talent, uh, because I recognize that everybody, ha- everyone is gifted, but not everyone knows how to turn that gift into a business, you know, and I've been very privileged to work with thousands of people around the world because everyone's got a gift. Everyone is frustrated. Everyone knows that there's more, just, they just don't know how to get it. And for those of us who are thought leaders, you know, you want to monetize your message. You want to put something out there, but you don't know how. And so, you know, beyond just looking at their passion, you know, one of the things that we do, we do a, you know quite a bit of testing, you know, a bit of psychometric testing here and there. But more importantly, it for us, it's all about results. I'm more interested and my team are more interested in helping my clients get results. You know, coaching can be, you know, depending, you know, coaching can be very interesting from the perspective that, you know, you can get paid a lot of money for doing little or no work. And some people, unfortunately, of course, not in Kajabi, don't care about the results people get. They just care about getting paid. Uh, But for me and, you know, a lot of people around me were more interested in helping people get results. So for me, results is important. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know, I, I recognize that people are motivated by pain and pleasure. So I'll give you a real life example. When I work with my clients, I find them, I find them, I sanction them. I'm like, look, you don't get this done by this. You're going to give me this amount of money. I'm going to take this money from you, right? Because you need to get results because I don't believe that people should pay for coaching and not get results. Um, I, I even tell my clients, I'm like, look, um, if you go to the hospital and you go get surgery, your expectation is that you don't need surgery anymore because you're fixed. So my argument sometimes is, look, if I've coached you on this area, I don't expect you to come back. I expect you to come back for something else, but not for what I fixed because my job is to make sure you get results. So I'm big on that. I'm also big on helping people expand, expand their mindset because, uh, you know, you can't really grow beyond the limits of your mind. So breaking their limiting beliefs, giving them more empowering beliefs, you know, peer association. I'm very big on peer mentoring. So when I, when I, for example, have cohorts, I'm very big on peer mentoring so that um, you don't feel like you're working by yourself in isolation, you've got people working with you where it's one for all and all for one. So I, I think where, where, where you incorporate team building, where you incorporate um, breaking limits and beliefs and giving people a destination and a goal to get to and keeping them accountable, 
Um, I think it's a very unique blend to help people get results. And, you know, I couldn't be grateful for it. If you don't mind, I'd love to talk more about limiting beliefs, because I believe that is such a commonality amongst anyone who's considering starting in the entrepreneurial world, but maybe hasn't taken that leap. So uh, maybe I always like volunteer myself out as the guinea pig, the proxy, if you need like another human on the other side of the business or on the other side of the phone. But like walk us through some of your, your steps to overcome limiting beliefs and how do you identify what those limiting beliefs are even in the first place? I'm going to give you a perfect example. So, you know, like I said, I moved to the U.S. about 16 months ago and it was a huge step. I was scared to death, you know, move my family to the U.S. And it was it was very fearful for me because I'd built a home back in Nigeria, a very successful brand and you know, one of Africa's leading coaches. I had a big reputation. I was great. So for the lack of a better term, and I felt like moving to the US, even though I was in Nigeria, I was in Nigeria, I felt like I was a big fish in a small pond. And now moving to the US, I felt like a small fish in a big pond. Like, where am I going to start from? And I'm not going to lie, Jared, I do feel some sense of, um, you know, insecurity or imposter syndrome sometimes where, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I, I want to serve people here in the U.S. and I'm, I'm concerned, you know, will they will they accept me? You know, because it's not just because of stereotypes and stuff. But I mean, for example, I'm, I'm Nigerian and, you know, most, you know, Nigeria doesn't have the best of reputations, even though we have amazing people. So for me, that's that's a, a limiting belief in my mind that people may not necessarily listen to me because, first off, I'm Nigerian. Right. They would have their biases concerning that. So how how am I going to persuade them that I'm good enough, even though I can help them. Then of course, um, I, I would struggle with the, with the issue in my mind of promoting myself and feeling like I was good enough. I would go to networking events. And even though I'm very bold, I dare say, I would find out that in those rooms, I would be incredibly quiet because I would say to myself, well, you know, Hey, look, you know, just, just stay under the radar. Don't say anything that, you know, probably could just, you know, they're not going to listen to you. What are you going to tell them? Listen, they got Brendan Burchard. They got Jared, man. What are they going to tell? What are you going to tell them that they don't already know? Right. And I remember one day, um, um, I, I, of course, like I follow Kajabi clearly and all the time. And, um, I, I had attended, um, the, the last, you know, Kajabi hero live. I was there. I flew literally my wife and I flew from Nigeria. We flew like 16 hours to come to the event. And while I was there, I was like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. This is so amazing. You know, really, you know, seeing all these guys that you admire in the flesh, Amy Porterfield, Brendan, Neil Patel, so on and so forth, Kenny and Jay Cron. And I remember after the events, maybe on day two, maybe on day three, I think it was when the, the event wrapped up, I went on the Kajabi stage and I took a picture and it was a like a Usain Bolt kind of pose. And I stood and I said to myself, I said, one day I'm going to speak on this stage. And it seemed like a pipe dream for somebody who was from Nigeria, who lived in Nigeria, who flew 16 hours. You know, what are the odds that it's going to happen? So it was on my vision board, like I'm going to speak one day at Kajabi. I'm going to be one of their speakers. I was there. Right. And um, God bless Ali. God bless Pega, Gloria O and some other amazing people who, you know, connected with me offline. And they were like, oh, you know, Steve, could you be part of um, one virtual events or something or the other? And it wasn't maybe um, 
a couple of months ago, I just felt this thing in my heart. I sent a message to the Kajabi team. I'm like, hey, look, because it was, I didn't think I could do it. Something just said, hey, reach out to them and send them a message and let them know that you're available to be a speaker if they ever have the need. And and Jared, Jared, I'm not going to lie. I sat on that email for like a week. Like I didn't press send. I was like, no, there is no way they're going to listen to me. Like, what am I going to say? They're not even going to say yes. And if they say no, I'm going to be crushed. I'm going to be disappointed. All these limiting beliefs were in my mind, but um, I think I don't ever want to live in regret and I don't ever want to come into the place that I recognize I should have, could have, would have, but I didn't because I was scared. So regret is one of my greatest motivations. I don't ever want to live in regret. So I'm going to do it and be like, oh, okay, well, I tried maybe next time. And I sent an email and it was just so fortuitous that, you know, Pega was like, yeah, we're looking for speakers. Can we jump on a call? I was like, wait, for real? Just like that? Really? <laughs> And, and here we are, you know, for me, it's just like a huge dream that I'm going to be speaking at, you know, Kajabi Hero Live. I'm going to be on that stage. And this is just a process of four years. But I guess it would never have happened if I fell off the wagon. It would never have happened if I didn't bet on myself. And I think when you have limiting beliefs, that's your subconscious telling you that you're not worthy. That's your subconscious telling you that, you know, you're not a sure bet. But I think you need to bet on yourself. And Take that risk. And if it doesn't work out, get feedback and find out why it didn't work out and then try again and try again and try again. You know, so, hey, I guess that's what I could share with people about breaking limiting beliefs, because I still I still deal with them every day. Like, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I, I'm counting down to Kajabi Hero Live and I'm scared. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What am I going to say? I'm going to be on the stage. And I'm trying not to freak out so much. But I keep reminding myself, Steve Harris, you deserve to be there. You deserve to be here. You deserve to be on that stage because you're going to. It's not about your fame or notoriety or your brand. You're going there to help people. So don't be selfish. So every time I get in my head, I tell myself I'm being selfish. I tell myself I'm putting myself first. I'm putting my ego first. I'm putting my feelings first. So I put that away and focus on the people I'm there to serve. And my prayer is that, you know, when I get on that stage, I'm going to say something that would bless one person. If one person gets blessed, like I said, you know, you only need one person. If one person gets blessed, boom, I'm done. I'm happy. So yeah, bet on yourself. Well, I'm going to tell you, as a, we actually could have met at uh, the last event because uh, I was we there. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, behind the scenes, I'm not going to name any names, but what I can tell you is what you're saying is absolutely true all of the feedback that i heard post event like wasn't necessarily the the poster children of the event if you will but like some of the greatest value was extracted from you know people without the biggest brand and out the most notoriety so i say that as a word of encouragement to you um as you move into this uh i, I assume that the same will be the case this year as well um Amen. i think you also <laughs> you have a, a book opportunity coming up i I, we're going to have to come up with a, cl uh, a better title than I'm coming up. But it's like from attendee to I can't think of something it's, rhymes to I know, it's not attendee <laughs> to speaker. That doesn't that, uh, I give up. I can't do book titles, I guess. But <laughs> um, With that said, uh, anything else that you can share in terms of I know like Kajabi Hero Live is a big thing in the future. But uh, what is coming next for you in terms of just your personal coaching business and your your product line? Any uh, anything? else on the horizon? Well, I mean, what I'm most excited about now is just helping people create irresistible offers, you know, helping people become oversubscribed. Um, because you know how it is. Like I said, we wear our hearts in our sleeve. We're passionate about an idea and we put it out there and we 
wait to see who bites. You know, we throw it at the wall and we hope to see, you know, who bites. And sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, you've got a lot riding on that coaching program, that offer, that ebook. You know, a lot of the people who are listening are people who want to build a business from the gifts that God has given them. They want to build a business from their experiences. They want to monetize their message, so to speak. And for a lot of people, you know, that coaching program, that podcast is, is, um, could have been a house payment, could have been a car payment, could have been something on their credit card that they put out there. And they're hoping to God that something works because they've got a lot riding on it. Because I know I've been there. I've done that. I've been in Nigeria and I've seen some amazing speakers and I've seen their products. And I'm like, I really want to buy this, but I can't, I can't afford it. I know what it's going to take out of my family. If I, if I swipe that credit card, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to do me something. Right. So I, I, so having been there, I'm like, look, you can have a great product. You can have a great pitch, but if your offer is wrong, you know, people aren't going to buy. How do you make, how do I, how do I help people reduce the friction between creating your content and getting a sale. And that for me was where creating irresistible offers came from. Just helping people recraft their message, helping people speak to the hearts of the matter, helping people speak to the, you know, the fantasies or the desires of their, of their customers. And, you know, I'm really excited about that. And that's what I'm really passionate about. Yeah. Well, we, we've covered a lot today, everything from uh, being authentic to finding your niche or rather following the money um, instead of finding your niche to overcoming uh, those limiting beliefs. A uh, lot of really great, valuable content in this short session. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say uh, in a few weeks uh, at Kajabi Hero Live. Uh, but with that, just wanted to say huge thank you to you for taking the time out of your day to join us here on the podcast as well as in the future. So thanks a lot. Steve for joining us. Thank you, Jared. This has been amazing. I really do appreciate it. Yes. Well, with that, that's all we have for our listeners today. Um, We thank you for taking the time to listen. Um, As always, when I get a fellow podcaster on, rather than asking our listeners to leave us a review, I actually will reverse course and say, go listen to Steve's podcast. Leave him a review. Um, As podcasters, we love, love, especially if you leave us a written comment, getting to read those um, really helps us connect with you and your audience. So leave Steve a review. Um, And for now, that's all we have. Um, We will look forward to seeing you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.